Fast Forward Productions. The women are speaking. You're listening to the Good Dirt Podcast. This is a place where we dig into the nitty gritty of sustainable living through food, fashion, and lifestyle. And we're your hosts, Mary and Emma Kingsley, the mother and daughter founder team of Lady Farmer. We're sowing seeds of slow living through our community platform, events, and online marketplace. We started this podcast as a means to share the wealth of information and quality conversations that we're having in our world as we dream up and deliver ways for each of us to live into the new paradigm, one that is regenerative, balanced, and whole. We want to put the microphone in front of the voices that need to be heard the most right now. The farmers, the dreamers, the designers, and the doers. So come cultivate a better world with us. We're so glad you're here. Now, let's dig in. Emma. Good morning. How are you this morning? I'm pretty good. I'm a little sleepy because I haven't been sleeping well. Well, I have been sleeping really well and I, I just woke up like not too long ago. And so I'm here actually to talk about a topic that has been on my mind a lot lately. And that is the topic of rest. And you and I have chatted about this a little bit in preparation for this bonus episode. Tell me about how this idea of rest first came to you and why you wanted to record a, a bonus episode about it. Well, as you know, because you have experienced it as well, we have had a really rigorous season here during the holidays. Several weeks prior to this, we have had lots of family stuff. It's been a really rigorous time for us. The death of my father, the arranging of a memorial service, lots of family gathering, also there are a lot of things to do when it comes to the passing of a family member, as I'm sure so many people out there listening will understand. Plus, it was the holidays and weather, and it's just been a really, really busy, full time. Very meaningful. We have had some wonderful family times. So it's all just life and sometimes life is this way. But after the holidays and after all of this had settled down a little bit, I was really, really aware that I was deeply, deeply tired and really in need of slowing down in a major way. And we talk about slow living on this podcast a lot. And we talk about slow living through the seasons. And if you look around in nature, of course, it is a season of rest. And so I've been thinking about it a lot and trying to practice it and incorporate this idea of radical rest something beyond the normal idea of just, oh, I'll sit down with a cup of tea or put my feet up in front of the fire. This sort of goes beyond that. And I wanted to address that a little bit today and talk about what that might mean to you. Yeah, I'm curious. You mentioned that the idea of radical rest, or like the words kind of popped in your head. And that to me was interesting because I've been hearing about radical rest. And it's kind of something that's been floating around, but it wasn't a term that you would come across. So I think that's interesting because I think that that is signals to this idea that there's like a collective consciousness, you know, it's this idea that many of us are experiencing. And from my perspective, it's something that I started to hear about 
maybe like midway through the pandemic. But I think what's interesting about all of it is that a lot of the reasons why many of us are so burned out is due to this culture, our capitalist, I would say maybe is the best word, hustle culture, the constant stimulus, the constant demands on our time and attention. So all that to say, I'm excited to talk about this and to share some resources that I've come across and people that I've been following and kind of share what you're thinking about it and how Radical Rest came to you. And then, I don't know, to be honest, this conversation is good for me because it's probably something I, <laughs> I need to tune more into. So yeah, I guess putting it back to you, when the words Radical Rest came into your brain, how did that happen? And how are you thinking about Radical Rest? Well, the term sort of popped into my head, not that I thought I was the first one to think about it or anything, but in terms of the culture, I don't think we really understand the true meaning of rest and all those things you were talking about, the pressures and the stimulus that is coming at us all the time. I think we're largely unconscious of that. So when we think of rest, we think of it on one level. Well, you know, I'm going to take a weekend off or I'm going to take a little vacation. But the term radical rest, kind of like slow living, it's something that makes a lot of sense. So I think that helps us shift the way we think about something. So radical rest, radical meaning going beyond the normal understanding of something, right? So here we are in January and I have really noticed that the social media feed is just absolutely inundated with all these apps, these things they want you to buy to somehow improve on something you're doing. You're organizing, you're exercising, you're making more money, all these things, all these pressures that are coming at us to do more. These things are so common and so ubiquitous that we probably aren't even really noticing that this this feels like pressure on us. So as I've come into this month and feeling already exhausted, already depleted, I think it's made me more aware of so many of the things coming from outside that are just like adding on to it that seem perfectly normal in the culture. It's perfectly normal in January to be thinking about all these things and thinking ahead and what are we going to do and what are we going to accomplish and we better get busy and hit the ground running. And in my body, mind, and spirit, I've been feeling like hitting the ground running is not where I'm at. So it feels radical. Yeah, especially, well, as you said, January is like, we're like in the middle of winter. It's like dead winter time. So it's just one of those weird things in our calendar where in our cultural calendar too, where we've just decided that it's a time to like, as you said, hit the ground running and hit the reset button and resolutions and all that. But really, it, we're still like hibernating. So that might right. be part of the tension here. And in slow living through the seasons, of course, as we said, we look around us and it is, it is time to restore. It's time to go underground, so to speak, like the roots <laughs> and all the little living things that are dormant right now. They're preparing to emerge in the spring. So it really makes sense in terms of, you know, leaning into the rhythms of the earth which is what we're about here. And certainly it helps that it's the season of rest for nature for me to look around and try to emulate that in my life. That leads me to an organization group that wrote a book that I want to point out called The Nap Ministry. And they published a book called Rest is Resistance, a Manifesto. 
And this is specifically a book that is rooted in the spiritual energy centered in black liberation, womanism, somatics, and Afrofuturism. With captivating storytelling and practical advice, Rest is Resistance is a call to action and manifesto for those who are sleep deprived, searching for justice, and longing to be liberated from the oppressive grip of grind culture. First of all, I just love the idea of a nap ministry being napping as a form of service to yourself, to culture, to each other, to this movement. If you spend a little bit of time in this space with the rest, with the nap ministry work, they do a lot to talk about dismantling white supremacy. And again, this is a very specific sort of perspective of this idea. So I'm just, I'm just sharing out of interest of how these things sort of intertwine with what we're talking about at Lady Farmer. So they share a lot of resources about white supremacy, the idea of white supremacy. There is an article. We'll link everything in the show notes. So this article that is a reference by the Nat Ministry is an article on white supremacy culture written by Tema Oaken in 1999. Tema is a white woman, but she's done a lot of work in this space and she's worked with black scholars and leaders to create this. It's really a website that she wants to provide as a book of all of these resources. Anyways, there is one specific page on here that outlines characteristics of white supremacy culture. And I'm not going to go through the entire list, but it's very interesting. But I just like how she ties it in with nature. Just this little excerpt that I'm going to read. White supremacy culture is inextricably linked to all other oppressions. Capitalism, sexism, class and gender oppression, ableism, ageism, Christian hegemony. These and more are all interconnected and intersected and stirred together in a toxic brew that is reflected in our devastation of the air and water and land and living beings we have and are destroying and disregarding in the name of profit and power. The brew is a cancer, a disease an addiction, an infliction, and it infects everything with and without our awareness. The miracle is that we have survived as well as we have. The miracle is our ancestors who have fought to remember who we really are. The miracle is the earth and wind and water that restores itself in soft and fierce determination to keep us all whole. So through the lens of the nap ministry, which is sort of what first popped in my head when you when you mentioned this idea, I just really love how the work is so deeply rooted in restoring balance, I guess, is how I would sort of sum it up. And looking to nature and the seasons, what's going on outside of ourselves to take cues as to how to treat ourselves and each other on the inside. So it's a really exciting and interesting idea to me. And full disclosure, I have not read the book. I've listened to a few different podcast interviews with the authors and I've read several articles around it, but probably time to read it. Maybe a good book club pick. (laughs) That's fascinating how all that intersects and loops back to the idea attending to your life and your body and yourself and your spirit and addressing this whole idea of rest, radical rest. And that connection to the white supremacy culture makes me want to reflect on the perception of rest as being something that's not as important whatever it is you're doing in the culture. And rest, I wanted to talk about this as well. I think radical rest can apply to when you are making the decision to slow down before you get sick. 
before some sort of disease sets in, before you have complete and total burnout. And the system doesn't really allow for that. Yeah, you have to like be at a point where you like really need it or something. Well, where you cannot function, you know, if you cannot drive into work, okay, then it's okay to call in a sick day. But what about a day that you call in before you get to that point? So you don't get to that point. And just sort of a personal example, I was aware back during all these busy weeks and, you know, people were popping up with COVID and I thought, gosh, you know, if I got COVID or even like a bad cold or a flu or something in the middle of all this, it would really be bad. So I started paying attention to things I needed to do to try to help my body not get sick. And I didn't get sick, gratefully, but I was really aware that, you know, I needed to take measures along the way because of all the stress and everything there was to do and the traveling and the bad food and the sleeping in hotels and all that, that my, my immune system was probably really compromised. And so needed to turn my attention to it and get proactive about it. So I guess radical rest, another underlying meaning of radical rest is pro-action, paying attention to it before you hit a crisis. I'm sure I've heard from many people who you know ended up with a a really bad health issue people say i didn't realize i had to get sick to rest why didn't i rest before i got sick i think that's something that sort of occurs to people afterwards in the discourse again the broader cultural discourse been hearing a lot about rest, as I mentioned, or radical rest. It kind of in in tandem with burnout. Burnout is a word that's been around a long time, but there has been a lot of burnout discourse, especially since the pandemic, which is really interesting because I think maybe what happened is we got into the pandemic, we got into lockdown. And yes, while a lot of things slowed down, or maybe it took the external slowing down for people to sort of realize that they were burned out. I don't know exactly what was happening there. But to your point, burnout is like, that's like the end of the road. <laughs> so mm-hmm. it's really, really kind of crazy that that it takes that usually to notice that we need to rest. Yeah. So, you know, I wonder if some very enlightened and progressive company might come up with the idea of some, I don't know, radical rest days or something where when people are feeling that way, they can claim it and, you know, that's built into their paid time off. And I'm just wondering if in the long run, this wouldn't help with people not quitting because they're so exhausted and they just can't do it anymore and they hit a wall and so they quit. Or even, you know, know, God forbid I use the word productivity because (laughs) I I do think that people would be more productive, even if that's what we're saying, you know, shouldn't be the goal. I do think that people would be more productive if they were more rested and better balanced. I mean, four-day work weeks, great example. Great example of setting up the system differently for the sake of building in extra just time. Let me tell you about what it's like to drift to sleep on a 100% natural wool pillow sourced from regenerative farms wrapped in a lovingly handmade organic cotton pillowcase. Oh wait, I can't. I think it's just something you're going to have to try for yourself. Holy Lamb Organics is proud to carry on a centuries-old tradition of making beautiful textile products by hand. Combining heritage methods with pristine natural and organic materials and sustainable business practices, they bring a dedication to healthy living and the environment. Everything Holy Lamb does reflects their devotion to the planet and its inhabitants. From their supply chain to their manufacturing processes to their facilities management, nothing happens without considering the environmental impact. 
Most importantly, they're also dedicated to fair labor practices, secure working conditions, diversity, and inclusion. From the farm to the mill to their partner manufacturers, everyone shares the same high ideals of a safe, respectful workplace and environmentally conscious methods. Making good products enables them to do good work. Every time we order something from Holy Lamb Organics, we're proud to support a small town made in America company. You can find Holy Lamb Organics in the Lady Farmer Marketplace. For additional marketplace discounts, you can join the Almanac, our member-supported community platform. Find Holy Lamb Organics products including pillows, sheets, natural wool comforters, and more in the bedding section of the Lady Farmer Marketplace at www.ladyfarmer.com. Do you think that this whole discussion and this whole concept of radical rest has sort of come about since the pandemic when so many people worked at home and they didn't have to commute and they were able to be home and prepare their own food and probably sleep more and think it's come out of that, come out of an awareness that that was beneficial? Maybe, but I think it's also important to remember that, sure, a lot of people were working at home, but a lot of people weren't. Anyone in the service industry, anyone who, you know, did any of the essential businesses, they really didn't. And I think in a similar, and and maybe even more, they were working harder. They were working in crazy conditions. They were whatever it took to protect yourself from, you know, worrying you were getting infected. And so I just think, I think in general, I mean, maybe, but I think in general, there was just for everyone, no matter what your work situation was, it was just really intense and really different from the norm. I think it would be more of the gap we were experiencing in sort of what the broader culture was capable of, which was we are all going to just totally change how we do everything and it's going to look a little different. And then inside maybe or inside our brains and inside our homes and the ways we were functioning, we were still trying to do things as if everything was normal. Maybe that tension was really exhausting. I don't know. I don't know exactly. How do you think this idea of radical rest dovetails with the great resignation, the phenomenon that came on the heels of the COVID lockdown when people decided to quit their jobs and just do something totally different? Yeah, I think think it's related because I think it, all of this, it gave people an opportunity to realize how burned out they were. (laughs) So yeah, I think it dovetails completely. Another author and book that I wanted to point out was a book that I came across called Rest Easy, Discover Calm and Abundance Through the Radical Power of Rest. And this is an author, Amanda Vingojea. I've read a few interviews with her too. And she said something also that reminded me of something you were saying earlier, where in this work, again, this book came out of her work during the pandemic and her own burnout and realizing that she needed rest. And something that she learned in this work and writing this book was how to rest before she quote unquote really needed it right and how to build in these little techniques throughout the day she calls them like micro resting that's something that we talk about a little bit on here in different words but even just a moment to take to observe something outside of yourself so look at a beautiful leaf blowing in the wind (laughs) or look at the brilliant color of a flower or a bird outside she says that this is such a specific way of I love people who categorize things and like label things to better understand them. I'm, I really appreciate that. I don't naturally do that, but I love just the way that writers tie things together for us and, and put words to things that are hard to explain. She explains 
five types of resters. They are intuitive resters, those that are in tune with their minds and bodies when it comes to rest. They recognize that when they're irritable or fatigued, that it's best to slow down and not power through. So intuitive resters have rest on lock, right? They know about resting. Functional resters are less naturally in tune with rest, but they know that they have to do it out of necessity. These might be people who work overnight shifts or have chronic illnesses. So they really just like, they can't function without it. So they are resting. Gold star resters only rest when they've cleared their to-do list for today. They believe that rest must be earned and they understand that rest is necessary. They might even notice when they need to rest, but they ignore things unless their to-do list is done. And then there's anti-resters that deprioritize rest. So they don't think it's helpful. It's a sign of moral failing or weakness. It's proof that they are lazy or unworthy. Many anti-resters prefer to rise and grind and they might confuse hobbies and passions with side hustles and earning potential. So that might sound familiar to many of us. Deprived resters would love to get a restful break in, but their circumstances prevent it. So this would be parents of young children, gig workers that might work crazy hours, you know, different hours. Many of us go through a deprived rester phase. Different life experiences have us deprived of rest. But yes, this is a just a type. So we have the five types are intuitive resters, functional resters, gold star resters, anti-resters, and deprived resters. So maybe figuring out where you are along that spectrum. It's interesting that you say, you know, we might we might touch on several of those during our phases of life. For instance, you know, every young mother out there will identify with the deprived resters. I, I remember one winter when y'all were really small and this flu was going around and everybody was catching the flu. And if you caught the flu and dad had to go to work and you were home with the kids, too bad. You couldn't be sick. That was terrible. That was really terrible. Yeah. I have a friend who just had that this winter. She was luckily at her parents' house for the holidays, but yeah, she was in bed for 10 days and the little toddler. And I mean, what if she hadn't been at her parents' house? Like, I don't know what we would have done. So where do you recognize yourself in there? That's a great question. I sort of, I hate it, but I think I'm in the anti-rest category. I think it has a little bit to do with feeling like I'm lazy and unworthy of rest. So that's a little bit of work I have to work on. I also, though, have, like you, had a really crazy fall, winter season and have been forcing myself to do less. So maybe I'm somewhere in between the the functional and the anti. <laughs> I don't like it, but I've had to really slow down and rest. So the functional is the one that's necessary and do something about it. Yeah, someone with maybe who, someone who works overnight shifts or, you know, someone who lives with a chronic illness. So people with chronic illness are very in tune with what they can and can't do. Yeah. Well, I don't have a chronic illness, fortunately, but I think I fit into that functional category, correct me if I'm wrong, because as in this season, I've recognized that I really need to, and if I don't, you know, I might get sick. So I've started taking really intentional steps towards resting. Is that where I would fit in, do you think? I think so. I think you're probably on the brink between, I think you're, you've been in a functional resting phase, but you're really like working hard to become an intuitive rester. As you were saying at the beginning of the conversation, you seem on a path to wanting to get fully in tune with your body where you don't have to get to a point in order to get through where you are holistically fully taking care of yourself. Do you ever feel like you can't rest until you get stuff done? Yeah, I know that feeling. I've recognized that feeling. So 
there are a lot of ways this season that I have intentionally been trying to practice radical rest. And that's, that's what gave me the idea to talk about this in the first place. So what are some of the ways that you've been intentionally trying to practice radical rest and to maybe move more towards that intuitive rester? Yes, I've been trying to pay attention to it very closely and work more radical rest into my days. And starting with the mornings, I've been allowing myself very slow mornings, sleeping as long as I want to, no alarm clock. I've been bringing my coffee back to bed, which seems like a luxury, but it's really wonderful. And doing some reading before I get up, which is, you know, not something I was doing three months ago is getting up and, you know, get going and do the thing that needs to be done. But I'm just easing into my day a lot more slowly. And, you know, during the day, I've been allowing myself really long slow walks, you know, I'm not, I'm not so concerned about exercise and all that, just being out. And even despite the weather, even the weather's a little bit challenging. I just, you know, bundle up, do what I need to do and like, just get out there. And I like to throw in here too. I personally don't consider radical rest, like just staying in bed all day and never getting up and not doing anything. That's not the way I think about it or like lying around and not doing anything. For me personally, that doesn't feel good. That doesn't feel constructive. It doesn't feel healthy. So radical rest to me does not mean not getting outside, not moving. I th- In fact, I will say I think movement, appropriate movement is really, really important in radical rest. It really restores your body. Unless, of course, there's some reason not to. But And along with that, radical rest to me also does not mean like indulging in just like any old thing I want to eat, you know, like polishing off the box of Whitman's that's still sitting around from Christmas or whatever. It's it's not about that either. I think part of radical rest is preparing really nourishing, nutrient-dense food. And in this season, it's, you know, soups and stews and things that you can prepare ahead of time and have around so that mealtime's not a big deal. It's not a big prep. It's not a big cleanup because stuff is already there. So eating really well, appropriate movement, getting outside, getting sunlight that's kind of rare these days. Lots of great warming teas, you know, like things with cinnamon, honey, all the warming things. And then towards the end of the day, I love to take a warm bath with Epsom salts, soak in the tub for a while, sit in front of the fire and read. And things that seem extra, unnecessary, trips out, errands, just be very intentional about deciding if that's going to be in the interest of radical rest or not. And don't be afraid to say no. Yeah. And I admit there's been some Netflix involved. (laughs) It honestly sounds like when you describe it, it sounds like you're on vacation. Sounds great. Hey, that's a concept, (laughs) isn't it? (laughs) Yeah. So I think what's really great about what you are exploring and you're doing right now is you are really taking your everywhere that you can and kind of taking advantage of that space and time. My wake up time can be flexible sometimes, but I don't know. That wouldn't work for me. And that probably wouldn't work for a lot of people. And preparing nourishing food is like really, for me, it's really time consuming and and it's a lot of like mental labor. So those are all things that I'm, I'm still working on and it's good to like strive for that. But I think there's probably some of me that's anti-rester that feels a little bit unworthy or feels a little bit like, oh, that's lazy if you are taking two hours for your walk instead of 45 or whatever. I don't know. So that's just interesting. Just noting in myself, like listening to you talk about how you're really like sinking into this idea and, and living it. 
and practicing it because you are in this place where you really have to. And the parts of me that might be just, I might also need some of that, but maybe I'm just ignoring it or something. And also I do recognize it. I work from home. I don't have to be anywhere at a specific time. I have a supportive partner. So of course, as we've been saying, there are so many factors and everybody's circumstances are different. And I think the point here is, as we're always saying about everything, you pay attention, you observe, you look at your own circumstances in, in your own life with this idea in mind and how you can apply it. There is one other book I want to bring out. We wind up here. And that is the one that we read as a community, I think, two years ago, Wintering, The Power of Rest and Retreat in Difficult Times by Catherine May. This is a book, the idea of resting, particularly when you're in a season, a personal time or season when you're trying to work through some things, things are changing, transition. And so you learn to back off and give yourself some some rest, physical and spiritual, and do things that are restorative and learn to appreciate and embrace it as part of the life journey. So that's an excellent read, which so many in our community have read and reread and talked about over that these years. That book is pretty so. paradigm shifting. It takes a lot of what we've talked about today, but really just, she just basically says, the earth winters, so can we. <laughs> we can winter. And it doesn't have to be exactly in line with winter. Maybe you have a wintering season over summer, or maybe your wintering lasts five years, you know, and it's really interesting. Yeah, exactly. Like look to nature for the cues and that's what slow living through the seasons is all about. And yes, your winter might not take place when the temperatures are low and the ground is frozen. That's okay. It still applies. Yeah. So I guess in conclusion here, it sounds like you get an A plus in radical resting. It sounds like I need to I need to work a little more or rest a little more. And I, I, I want to say again that I do appreciate that I'm able to do it. And also these things are goals. Yes. I'm not saying that I accomplish them every day. Well, and also recognizing that you got to this place because you were experiencing intense burnout and grief and all of these things. And that, I mean, how many of us are doing all of those things and then not even considering that maybe we should be resting radically and what that can do for us. So thank you, Mama Nature, again, for displaying (laughs) Mother Earth. She's just such a wonderful guide. Yes. Slow living through the seasons. We hope that this was informative. We're going to link all of our wonderful resources in the show notes, and we'd love to hear from you as to your thoughts and reactions and your experience with Radical Rest, any other authors or anything else on this subject that has inspired you. We'd love to hear about as well. We do have a voicemail box. You can leave us a voice message, 465-459-1950. That's the voicemail number. We will link that in the show notes as well. And we'd love to hear from you anyway. And thank you for tuning in. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for tuning in, calling in, and spreading the good dirt. We love hearing from you. You can reach our listener voicemail at 443-459-1950. That's 443-459-1950. You can find this number in our show notes and in our Instagram profile. This show is produced by Lady Farmer, a slow living lifestyle community. And the original music is composed and performed by John Kingsley. For more from Lady Farmer, follow us on Instagram at WeAreLadyFarmer. That's WeAreLadyFarmer. Or join us online at www.ladyfarmer.com. We'll see you next time on The Good Dirt. Goodbye.